the show and tell now, shall we? What is good, beautiful people of the world? I am a vibe checked creator, K. I have my vibe checked before recording this. Went to the vibe doctor, was given the green light. I'm good to go. Welcome to episode 20 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month, where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, I am joined by Camden Stacy, who produces music under the moniker of Shh, and is also a jack of other trades that we will learn about. In part one of this episode, Cam talks about music, both making it and teaching it, the Chicago-based project Reset Presents that he is a part of and what they're all about. We also continue some of the chatter from last episode about freelance life or working for oneself with the importance of balancing projects to prevent burnout and not being so hard on ourselves as creatives. In part two, Cam shares an article of clothing that brings along with it a story about how he's grown closer to a loved one. With that said, it's time for Show and Tell. Welcome to episode 20 of the Show and Tell podcast. I am your host, Creator K, and joining me for episode 20 is producer of music, audio engineer of podcasts, thrower of events. He's also a librarian, which is an inside joke I just made up that'll make more sense in just a second. It's Camden Stacy, aka Shh. Let's play ball. Let's play ball, Mike. You, you ever play baseball? Uh, T ball as a kid from about kindergarten to second grade. I was more of a I was more of a soccer kid growing up, and then Ooh. and then I played volleyball for my high school, and that is where my athletic uh, experience stopped. Oh wow! So you so you had you guys had a boys volleyball team in high school? We did. Yeah, I went to a awesome. I went to an all boys Catholic high school. I uh, I wish I played volleyball, but um, we didn't have it. And I think if we did, it would have been in the same season as soccer. And I I was a big soccer player, so vibe but uh my dad my dad played volleyball very dope which was fun fact yeah okay so for those of you listeners who don't know who you are cam why don't you tell the listeners who you are yeah sure um i'm camden i'm 23 years old i live in uh, chicago illinois by way of cleveland ohio i grew up in cleveland ohio yeah i i'm kind of a kind of a jackknife everyone who knows me well jokes and say jokes and is like what aren't you what don't you do what aren't you good at um and i, re- I really do do uh do do um <laughs> a, li- a little bit a little bit of, a little bit a little bit of everything uh including pooping um pooping is at the top <laughs> of the list and then right under that is um music of of all sorts um in all facets um and then doing audio engineering for podcasts just like this one and uh, a little bit of teaching as well i teach music oh that's dope at what level everything uh my youngest my youngest student is five years old i got a five-year-old that i'm uh we're starting piano from scratch um and then my oldest student is um uh a friend of mine he's actually 40 years old and he just wanted to pick up piano um in his adulthood that's awesome how hard so, are you on the five-year-old? <laughs> um, pretty hard. She teaching kids is tough. I've only started teaching really young kids like the past few months, like with the start of the school year. So only like four months or so now. Teaching kids is tough. You have to break things down in a way that you know a young child is going to understand it, and then you have an added layer of just like all kids are psycho and adhd as fuck and you have to like constantly reel them in and then and then come back to the curriculum so it's a it's a completely different animal word that's really cool i didn't know that about you so where should we start because you do a lot of different things i'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. on the fly what we should talk about first i guess we can talk about your music first so you make music um do you want to talk about that a little bit before we jump into maybe a track or two play for the audience yeah, for sure. So I, um, my, my solo project is called Shush or Shh, doesn't matter. It was, it was originally intended to be pronounced with no vowels, but then people just naturally put the uh in there to make it Shush. And I just like, I, I don't care as long as it's spelled with an S and three H's. That's where you can find me on all my solo stuff. But that started out more or less, uh, in like, it was in the middle of my college career. So like late 2000, Late 2015, early 2016 is when I got that project off the ground. 
before that throughout high school i was djing i was a band kid i uh, i've taught myself a bunch of instruments um but in in high school band i was french horn trumpet all the upper brass instruments so anyway i got the shush project off the ground um in the middle of college um started making mostly future beats type stuff i was a lot like a lot of people we know personally in the in the SoundCloud scene. I was really I was really inspired by Porter Robinson and Maddion, and I wanted to be just like them. Um, <laughs> but kind of came kind of came into my own sound actually recently within the past like year year and a half, where I've gotten gotten comfortable enough um, in my abilities as a musician to really really come into my own and uh, get comfortable doing a lot of different things. Most of my music work now has been um, producing for other people and um, strictly collaborations for rapper friends of mine, singer friends of mine, and then collaborate just uh, producer collaborations as well, um, helping out people like Harry, um, who I wanted to shout out eventually at some point on this podcast. But yeah, mostly collaborative work as far as music goes now. Dope. So let's play a track or two, maybe, from you so the listeners can get a little bit of a taste of what you make and we can talk a little bit more about your music. If you don't mind, I'd like to go first to pick a track that's somewhat recent. It is your remix of William Crooks' Gold, his track Gold. Hell yeah. That came out a few months ago, right? Shout out Willie Crooks. Sh- Fuck Willie Crooks. Fuck Willie Crooks. And- I hate that guy. <laughs> so so this is... Um, this is sh- uh, yeah, see, I, I can kind of see that. Like, I uh, wanted to say it how you initially right. had it, but it does feel a little bit easier on the lips and the teeth to, to say shush. The no vowel thing is really bothersome for some people. <laughs> so it's like, it's all good. Word. So let's jump into this shush remix, this hate-filled shush remix of William Chris, <laughs> William Crooks' Gold. You got anything else to say to Willie Crooks if he's listening? I uh, I loathe I loathe you, Willie, and I can't wait to see you back here in Chicago sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, uh, you brought him out for his debut Chicago show, right? That's correct. Yeah, for um, yeah. for for reset. Um, he was he was our very first reset show, so it was not only oh, his his debut but our debut as well. Cool, and yeah, and that reset is an early mention. We're gonna get into that in a little bit which is the event that you throw in Chicago. So let's yeah. jump into the second song that we're going to play for the listeners, and that is a song of your choice. What are you going to play? Yeah, so I uh, I have prepped um, my latest track, and it's actually my first solo track in a long, long, long time. It's called Grip. It's an instrumental. Um, it's kind of a down-tempo, weird future, future thing. I don't really know how to categorize it genre-wise, but it starts out like in this kind of weird hard halftime thing and then picks up into a double time four on the floor. It's kind of angsty. It's been a long time coming. Um, a lot of my producer friends I'm close with here in Chicago have heard several versions of this over the past year and a half or so and finally being able to finish it uh, for this, uh, for Foray, our uh, charity compilation, was the push I needed to get it done. So um, my track on the on the 4A charity compilation from us at Reset is called Grip, and uh, hope the listeners like it.
So yeah, that was Grip off of the 4A compilation. I looked up how to pronounce the word. I, I know that it was pronounced 4A, but I wanted to make sure that I was saying it right. And um, the the French heavily pronunciated. Is that even a word? Pronunciated? It's not. Um, pronounced. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I think I think un, no, I think enunciated. Enunciated. Yeah, that's what I was, I was getting okay, cool. mixed up. Yeah, I was looking it up, and it was the, the like the the little audio bits that play back. You can hit the little speaker and hear yeah. people say it's like forêt, forêt, forêt. If yeah, if you're an if you're an asshole and you want to, yeah. But we're not assholes here, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and reset presents is are not assholes either. So the foray compilation is a reset project right yes so we we at 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 reset syndicated it um but it's it's entirely a charity compilation 100 percent of the uh, proceeds are going towards um amazon watch which is uh this umbrella organization that protects the amazon but it's in it's specifically in tandem with indigenous people who live down there um so basically like protecting their rights which um are kind of indelibly tied to uh conservation of the rainforest itself um but yeah we we took care of it as reset we wanted to release it under um under reset as like kind of our first music thing i don't think we want to pursue a label of any kind per se Mm -hmm. but this charity compilation was actually um not my idea originally it was the ideas of two of my closest partners in the reset operation jake and kale um, they produce under ellipsis and palpa respectively very talented and um and good boys proud to call them my friends but they had this they had this idea after this um that that video of the amazon burning went viral um a couple months ago i don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that yeah yeah and uh jake jake was having an especially existential week um and and so was kale and so they were like fuck i i i just, i don't want to i don't want to keep sitting here and feeling like shit and not doing anything about this what can we do as bedroom producers to combat this and do something do something good while also giving something creative to the world the comp was the comp the, the idea for the comp was born and and uh everyone reached out to um people people high and low and we ended up with a really cool eclectic mix of all kinds of music there's something in there for everyone we talked about we just listened to my track that that's a really hard one but then there's some really interesting feelsy ones um jack cates who's another chicago-based guy uh has a track on there that's a really nice one and then one of the most highly anticipated drops to come out of our our soundcloud community in my humble opinion um, was a Valentine and Underscores collab that they very graciously um, gave us for this charity comp. Um, it's called Program. I don't know if you've heard that one. I thought I cool. think I did hear it live, right? Yeah, they Is, yeah they definitely they definitely performed it at that uh, at that, that show New York show. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is where we met to clue the listeners in, so you guys aren't left. Hell in the dark. yeah. Um, yeah, Sunnyvale, dude, Brooklyn, yeah. New York. Shout out Sunnyvale. Yeah, mad respect for for putting out that compilation and actually being proactive and just doing something about a tragedy, a tragic thing that happened on this planet. Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of people who it's it's funny. It it reminded me of a term that I learned in my uh, learnings in college, in my major. It's called narcotizing dysfunction. It's where people in in our day and age tweet about something or post about something and think that they're doing something about it because they're talking about it but they're really not it's kind of like a narcotic effect you're kind of just putting a layer over it but it's not actually affecting anything so to actually like go out of your way and it's i mean wouldn't would you say that it's kind of an easy thing to do because you're already making music why not make it for a, a bigger purpose for sure um i'd say like logist logistically getting everything together was kind of tricky mm-hmm. just you know hurting hurting the tracks all together and um making sure uh we were communicating effectively with everyone but like to your point yeah if we're doing it anyway might as well give it to something that matters yeah so what else is reset all about you want to give me a a little summary of the origin story of reset what it is how it came to be what you guys do outside of just the compilation that you recently put out for sure so reset was reset started as my project and then i i enlisted help from 
many people along the way and that has kind of it grew organically into the the team that we have throw shows today but we're all based here in chicago and the the inception was like i became i I became so frustrated with the staleness of live electronic music here in the city that i just wanted to go my own way and and i was just sick of waiting around for people to book people people to book you know artists i knew my friends who were well deserving of opening slots on all these shows but weren't getting any because this the big um the big money event corporations around the city were just so nepotistic and booking the same four djs to open for every act that came through town and I feel like this is I feel like this will resonate with a lot of people around the US um, because they're these these big event corporations are pretty pervasive across the country in the way that they dominate um, live music scenes. And it's become so commoditized, at least here in Chicago, and I know a few other places, that the local electronic music isn't heard in a live setting. Like the people who are actually people who are actually making stuff aren't getting out there. Um, so I just got sick of, uh, I got sick of all of that and um, started reset to start booking my super talented friends. We have so much untapped talent here in Chicago. Um, I mentioned Ellipsis and Palpa before Blake Scourin is out here. Knapsack is from uh, the Chicago area. He's out in New York now, but we got him for a couple shows. Circuit hour is out here. Harry's out here. A ton of other awesome local music that is not getting booked. Even though they're they're actively making stuff and putting out new original material, it's not getting heard. So I was just looking to breathe life back into things in what started as a small way and actually grew to be this um, kind of impactful thing that people look forward to in, um, in our live music scene. Basically what Reset is now is just a live music platform where we can support the local art that's coming out and also you know, line them up as support for a friend of mine that is getting national attention that we know deserves a stage here in Chicago, which is a huge market. We also make a big deal of like making a culture around the events. So we're, we're very explicitly like a no harassment space. One of my music friends, he's a rapper. His name is Mohawk Johnson. He's a regular at the shows and he's performed at, he's performed at a couple of shows and will will joke like hey if you're getting sexually harassed mohawk is going to come break your femurs or something <laughs> um so we we make a big deal of like if you are here you came to enjoy good original music and that's it and we provide the we, we provide this experience around it palpa i mentioned earlier does live visuals and that's all original work as well but we really wanted to make it like a no no frills, no strings attached thing where no one's getting, no one's getting groped there. No one's being creepy. There's not $200 bottle service or anything like that. So we, we wanted to make a big deal of the experience as well. I feel like that's one of the beautiful things about, I guess, quote unquote, the SoundCloud community, which is kind For of sure. a boiled down way to describe maybe, you know, the type of audience that comes to your event, but it's a very inclusive environment. People aren't there to like rave and do Molly. They're there to experience a show listen to good music and just be around good people and good energy and i'm a huge proponent of that so like shout out you for doing that ha 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 word <laughs> from the first show to where you are now what is one of the biggest things that you've learned from throwing live events or just kind of creating this culture um since we are a really small group of people running all of the logistics has been the trickiest thing making sure that when we're flying people out people are getting to and from the airport on time all the scheduling with that is taken care of making sure that like when we do fly someone out from you know a couple of time zones over that they're that they have a good experience and would want to come back and play a show again for us sometime if if they want to uh venue relations we started out at a really small space maybe a hundred cap that they, they slowly started to gouge us for more and more money to rent the space because they, they knew that we had a thing going and were there to stay. At least they thought, 
um, and eventually that became unsustainable. So we had uh, a few months recently where we were kind of in this state of limbo looking for a new home. So venue relations was another big challenge. Yeah, it's really, it's all the stuff that no one thinks about when you when you go to stuff like that some stuff that i didn't even think about until you forwarded me these uh these questions for this podcast (laughs) that's Um, what i'm here for i'm here to refresh your memory on certain things and think about them that's kind of that seems like it's kind of pretty standard across the board because i've only been a part of two events uh hosting two events and those are the types of things that were difficult but at the same time if if you have a problem solving brain you can figure them out the because sometimes when you have a project, I feel like if the questions or difficulties or obstacles you have are more like existential, like what's our message we're trying to get across, that stuff is a little bit harder to figure out or it takes more time, I guess, to kind of sift through and figure out then how are we going to get this person to and from the airport? Because that's just a matter of like just kind of thinking about it from a problem solving perspective. So not not to Definitely. discount those issues, obviously, like. Or not issues, but obstacles. But um, I feel like that's pretty standard because I, I remember Travis from Sunday Sauce. He was kind of explaining very similar things when he would do the parlor performances or throw events, music events. He was kind of describing very similar things. Like those are the things that people don't think about. But those are the minor details that really make an event really good. And the people who go might not notice any of that. But if it wasn't done well, it would be noticed. Yeah, that's real. It's kind of like um, the equation I always make is not not equation like analogy I always make is when you're the unseen organizational force behind everything. It's kind of like being the coxswain at the head of a rowboat in that you get all the blame when stuff goes wrong and people know exactly where to point their fingers. But then you get you get none of the credit when things go right. But you got you got to just kind of sit and be the the silent hero and uh, just in- enjoy things. Right. What um, was that? What's a, a coxswain? Yeah, a coxswain. So a little trivia for those unfamiliar with the sport of rowing. Um, the coxswain is typically a very small person who sits at the front of the boat and keeps time for the, the rowing crew to row and then also steers the boat. Okay, wow. I learned something yeah. new today. But it's it's exactly like you said. It's all shit that no one thinks about until it is done poorly or not done at all, and then people notice and um, things go south. So learning learning about all of that has been the most challenging thing in running reset for sure. Word. Okay. Cool. So let's pivot a little bit. We've been talking right. about you within. Uh, a project or a group or a community mm-hmm. and the things that you do, you're doing things. What are some of the things that you do that um, this question's going terribly? Basically what I'm trying to ask <laughs> is um, so you do, you're a freelancer, right? Yes. Is that, is that your main source of income? Is that how you live your life right now? That is the main thing right now. Just, just recently have I been able to, to do it as my main thing, but to answer your question, yes. Very nice. That that's warms my heart because I know how much of a struggle it can be. I've talked about it in last mm-hmm. episode for like 25 minutes. So, so yeah, basically what I, how I was trying to do that question before. Um, and if you're a new listener, yeah, it doesn't get any better from here with how I ask my questions. I'm pretty uh, fucking terrible at this. Um, <laughs> anyway, you use a lot of your talents for reset. What are some of the things you use your talents for in freelance? what it seems like people need a lot of right now is just strictly sound engineering stuff, mm-hmm. um, making stuff sound good. One of my passion projects is a podcast with um, a few guys I went to college with. It's called Statesman. It's a comedy podcast. They're all Second City graduates. Um, they all uh, went through at least one of um, Second City's programs. If you're not familiar, Second City is, um, they have a, do you know? Do you know about Second City? Yeah, I do. D- explain it yeah. just to refresh my memory, but I, I definitely have heard of it. It's essentially th- it. It has they have so many programs for any any facet of comedy. So they have um, sketch writing programs, film programs, improv programs, and it's one of the most, if not the most, venerated institutions of comedy on possibly the continent. I know their main, their main, uh, 
Their main establishment is here in Chicago. I know they also have one in LA and one in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a recognizable enough name where you, if you go to Second City and you go through one of their programs, whatever it is, you come out of it and you finish it, that's like something to be proud of. Right. It's kind of like if you go to Yale or Harvard for law school. Right, right. Go into like the legal world. Yeah, it's it's it, one of the most recognized names in comedy. And like mm-hmm. so many people who go on to like Comedy Central and SNL um, were part of Second City's programming. Right, 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 right. So anyway, I have this, I have this comedy pod, this stupid ass comedy podcast that has been going on for a year now. Um, and uh, the premise is basically they have on a guest who's from a s- certain part of the country and essentially interview them about where they grew up and kind of soft roast and bad joke the where they're from (laughs) that's amazing and so it's and it's really good they are genuinely hilarious um i'd invite anyone listening to this right now to go check it out statesman s-t-a-t-e-s-m-e-n right after you finish this episode of course that that has been a tremendous learning experience for me in how to support a comedic medium from the back end Mm -hmm. and how to like how to support this the statesman as an engineer and the guy who's in charge of you know cueing sound effects and music that's been that's been an awesome experience for me so anyway a lot of my freelancing has just been sound engineering stuff i do um i do statesman uh i've helped out with a couple of other podcasts i just finished up doing all of the sound mixing and foley for an indie film wow it was kind of this kitschy uh like after school special Christmas movie. And that was my first like big uh, film project, I guess you could say. So yeah. So you're doing a lot. Yeah. Doing. Uh, do you work too much? Do I work too much lately? Yes, absolutely. That movie project was like this killer sprint over like about a week where I was, I was pulling like 12 hour days <laughs> mm-hmm. working on this movie. But yeah, I, uh, I've definitely been sp- been spread too thin lately um i've been working a lot so follow-up question to do you work too much do you feel like you also don't work enough yes (laughs) (laughs) so like my body is telling me that i'm working too much but my my ego my soul is telling me like oh you could always be doing something right now yeah that proverbial battle between mind and body like you stupid piece of shit why are you <laughs> oh my why are you taking a minute to relax yeah no totally i get the same way and um yeah and i call myself a stupid piece of shit often and i'm mm. trying not to as much because it's unhealthy i've been trying to talk to myself more pleasantly and i i love that bit from your last episode where you talked about your friend's advice to talk to yourself mm-hmm. as if you're your own best friend that's that's some good yeah. shit that's that was what I took away from that episode, and that has been, it, it really put things into context for me. And yeah. so, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Complexion, which, because uh, that's where I got it from. And it was around this time last year when I heard it. It was in one of those Future Beat, Future Beat shows um, on the car ride. And yeah, I, lately I've just been in one of those ruts, but it just felt longer than usual. So I was very profuse with my <laughs> cussing at myself and and being kind of down on myself. Um, but lately for I've sure. been trying to just be more like, like I went for, since we got the the puppy in this, you know, my girlfriend and I got the puppy, I haven't been able to work out as much. I wasn't necessarily getting down on myself about that. But the reason I mentioned that is because I went for a run for the first time in like two months. And after I finished it, I just said out loud, I was like, good job, Mike. <laughs> like I just, I think it's nice. very important to just say those kinds of things. So going back to working too much, not working enough, I get the same way, but do you have anything that kind of keeps you from getting too hard on yourself? Is there a point where you're like, you know what, you're when when your mind's actually like, you know what, I am actually working too much. Do you ever have any of those moments? All the time. What helps me is in my freelance stuff, I'm doing all kinds of different things. And so I can always occupy myself with something else. And even if it's not ultimately something that, I am getting paid for or something that I can sell at some point, I can always keep myself occupied and stave off that existential dread that I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm, you know, if I'm cutting statesmen 
and I, you know, I fall down the vortex of, oh, this sucks. I am working too hard. I've been at this too long. I can always switch gears and, you know, just open up a new project and make a throwaway beat or um, start uh, dive back into my uh, curriculum that I teach people for piano, stuff like that. So it's really just playing that hopscotch of, of jumping around mm. to different things when it suits me. Right, and just knowing when to kind of, yeah, knowing when to bounce from one thing to another or like, let me, let me see if I can come up with a cool metaphor for this. It's if, mm. if your, your hand is on a tea kettle and it's really hot or it's getting hotter, you need to know when to t- take your hand off of it before you yeah. burn yourself. Yeah, or else that was you sick. You, or, <laughs> good job, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> I also think that kind of helps prevent burnout too. In the just kind of in the same way, I don't really need to explain that anymore. That was one of the things I wanted to ask was how do you prevent burnout? But I think we kind of already covered that. Just that's one of the beauty beautiful things of being a freelancer is that you can kind of just spread yourself out and jump around, especially if you don't have any hard deadlines. Cause I feel like if you're working in an office, I always feel like I always come back to this and like shit on people who work in offices. I don't mean to sound like that, but if you work at a job and you have like a project by project basis, you have to get one done before you get onto the next. That's definitely, that definitely can be detrimental to mental health sometimes. Cause you can't yep. jump back and forth. So it's one of the nice things about being freelance, even if you might have, 50,000 different things you're working on that's kind of a cool thing at the same time because you can kind of just yeah. like go piece by piece and they all influence each other and, and all that stuff the one thing that I do envy about the 9 to 5 grind is something that you need to kind of do for yourself when you're freelance is you have scheduled time where you're at work and you're doing work and then the time outside of that is the time that you can take for yourself and, you know, sleep, go outside, play video games, whatever you do when you're not working. When you're freelance, your time that is spent doing those respective things becomes more liquid and you have to kind of schedule your free time just like you schedule the time that you have to work on oh, shit does yeah. that make sense no it totally makes sense i yeah and th- that <laughs> that's been a big big learning thing for me is if i don't schedule that time for myself to decompress just like i schedule the time to um you know get torqued and, and work on something it throws my shit way out of whack so yeah so make that time to decompress for sure definitely word so i think we'll leave part one there if you don't mind. Hell yeah, definitely. I'm, there's, that's plenty of content, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, cool, because we were going to move on to part two anyways. Let's do it. So we will be back in part two, which is show and tell and more. Welcome back to the show and tell podcast. This is part two, which is the show and tell portion of the show. I like the word show. I'm going to say it three more times. Show, show, show. Um, that's that's a continuation of a joke I did last episode, and I don't think it's hitting. What do you think? <laughs> uh, that that tracked. That tracked. Okay, cool. Good job, right. Mike. So yeah, this this is the this is the part of the show where I ask the guests to bring in an item of significance, something that they fuck with that you might fuck with too. They explain what it means to them. Again, why you might like it too, and then there's some other fun stuff that we do towards the end of the show. So Camden, aka. Sh- what have you brought in to show and tell? So I'm uh, I'm actually wearing it right now. Okay. I am wearing, for the listeners who can't see what I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing a baseball hat. And it is a baseball hat from Mercyhurst University in Erie, Pennsylvania. That is where my sister is currently attending university. I just wanted to show this because... Uh, my sister and I were not super close growing up. It's just the it's just the two of us in our little nuclear family. And growing up, I kind of took my relationship with her for granted. And we've become a lot tighter as we've kind of become young adults now. I very much uh, treasure my my friendship with my sister, and I'm very proud of what she's doing um, out at Mercyhurst. She's studying forensic science. 
last time I checked, she wanted to be a, um, uh, like a, a, a mortician and, and do science on dead bodies and stuff. Ooh. And she's just, she's wicked cool and has always been the, uh, the smarter, hotter sibling. <laughs> so yeah, shouts out Salem. I'll probably send you this podcast to listen to so you can hear me shout you out. Hell yeah. That's what's up. So was there anything that you could maybe remember or think back to that started to link you guys closer together? Um, I think it was me leaving. So she's, she's younger than me. She's about two. She was, yeah, two and a half years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm now out of school. She's finishing up school. And, um, I think it was when I ultimately left, uh, Ohio to come here to, to Chicago and attend school. I went to Loyola university, Chicago here. Yeah. I feel like the move was when we were like, yo, I, I think I miss you. Do you, do you like, do you like want to be friends and like talk more? It wasn't any, it, it wasn't any, uh, precipice of an event that happened that right, when okay. we were, when we were like, Oh, we need to like, we need to like be tighter. Is there anything you guys bond over specifically? Oh, definitely. Just nerd shit. She's huge into Minecraft a little mm-hmm. bit more than I am. Um, but we, now we can really like bond over dumb nerd stuff and video games and She's the only other person with, you know, the same shared experience of growing up in the same house. And, um, right. So just like learning how to learning to not take that for granted now in my adulthood has been awesome. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. I have three other siblings and I also could feel that bond grow as, as I grew up cause I'm the baby. So they all kind of obviously just by nature matured before I did. But um, my brother specifically is is the big one. I probably mentioned it a couple times on the show, but he lives in Boston, as I do. And we were I, maybe a little bit differently from you and your sister. I feel like I was always on a level close with all of my siblings. But being younger, there was only so much connection that I could have. But with my brother specifically, once like I really started to get into music, we're like best friends now. And it's kind of it's like you said it's just really nice to have somebody who went through the same experience being raised by the same parents obviously my parents changed their ways a little bit because my brother's nine years older than me so sure um, but we can still bond over like oh yeah mom and dad were like this like oh they were so strict or like oh it was really cool that they let us do this so it's like nice to bond over that kind of stuff but um Mm -hmm. yeah i just yeah i was curious to know if there was any like specific vessel of connection and yeah nerd stuff is it's cool. And Minecraft is cool. I love Minecraft. Yeah, so it's a nice looking hat because Cam and I are on Discord right now and we're doing video chat and um, he's only wearing a hat. Yeah. It's like all it's all he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would... Uh, I'd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks really good. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Good job, I, Mike. Uh, have you been out to Erie to visit? Yes. Um, actually, what do you think of re- Erie? just recently it's pretty cool um it it reminds me a lot it's just like a midwest town it's like two hours east of cleveland so it's pretty close pretty close to where we grew up but i was actually i was just out there with my girlfriend shout out michaela we did a little trip around to canada and then uh ontario like the greater toronto area and we did Mm -hmm. hamilton said hi to max schramp and robin and all those all those fuckheads and then we came down through Buffalo and then Erie was on the way back to Chicago. So we gotcha. stopped in Erie. That was my first time seeing Erie for an extended period of time to visit my sister briefly down there. It's a pretty cool town. I know Naji. If you know who Naji is, Naji's from Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. He's from Erie? Yeah. Okay. I, well, okay. When I went to Erie, it was a long time ago and it was probably, you know, it makes sense because I was in high school, it was more juvenile, much more ignorant. Uh, it was mm. kind of weird to me when I was little. Weren't younger. we all? It was. Uh, I just remember two specific things that kind of like painted the whole picture for me, which again just shows the naivete of uh, my youth. But um, yeah, I, I should go back there sometime. It was for a soccer tournament. It was in Erie. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Maybe we were just in like a sketchy part of Erie. But um, yeah, I didn't know that Mercyhurst was there. That's pretty dope. Hell yeah! It looks like Hogwarts. It's very. Uh, oh shit! It's very what's it called? Um, gothic okay i got you yeah did you see any wizards when you were there 
I'm sure I did. But you wouldn't without know. knowing yeah, it. But you wouldn't know. Yeah. That's that's how that that's yeah, that's how they get you. They blend in. For all I know, my, my sister is not studying forensic science and is actually studying magic right now. Potions. That'd be so dope. What would the forensics equivalent be like at Hogwarts? Forensics. Probably some variety of necromancy. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think that was important to to learn. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to share about your hat or experiences with your sister? Or do you want to move on to the next part of part two? No, uh, Salem, I love you. And, uh, I'm really glad you're my sister and stay in school. Keep staying in school. Yes. Finish school. Cause I had to, too. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's move on to the last part of the show, which is something that funny. This is a nice little segue, something that you didn't learn in school. So do you have anything to share with the audience? Something that you didn't learn in school it could be quite literally anything. If you would like me to go first, I have one small thing so I can kind of set the tone if you need some time to think of something. You definitely go first because okay. I have something. I just need to let it marinate for a moment. Gotcha. So this is something that I did recently, which reminded me of how awesome of a tool it is. And I didn't learn about it in school. What an awesome segment I've come up with. It literally has nothing to do with like not learning it in school. But that's what I called it because it's show and tell themed. So it's called Daisy Disc and it does cost money. But I know that I get real. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to do this like it's an infomercial. Do you have a lot of storage on your MacBook or maybe your other computer if you don't use a MacBook that you don't know really where it's coming from or you don't know why you have so much space being used because you delete your footage? Well, maybe maybe you're not just a video person, but maybe you delete your files on a regular basis, but you still have this kind of like ghost space that's being taken up. Well, I found a product called Daisy Disk, which does cost money. I think it's like 10 bucks, but it shows you all of these like hidden files that are on your hard drive, on your external hard drive. You can scan it. It's not like an antivirus that kind of cleans stuff. It's not like malware where it cleans stuff. You, I think it might be able to do that too, but it's called Daisy Disk and I realized that because I use the Adobe Suite, I use Premiere, After Effects, Audition, those programs cache a lot of files. And I mean like 50 gigabytes worth of files. And you don't need those after a certain amount of time. It just helps the program run. So Daisy Disk showed me where those files were because, you know, I, I don't, I, whenever I would look kind of through other methods, I could not find where this, these files were coming from and I had very limited space left. So Daisy just cleared it all up. I went from like, I cleared like 250 gigs off my hard drive with Daisy disk. And maybe there's another program out there that's free. I'm sure there's, I mean, I'm, I'm like kind of tech savvy, but I'm sure there's probably a listener that's like, uh, there's this open source program that does it for free and you can like, it's so much better. Well, that's great. I use Daisy disk. And that's one of the things that I learned in school. I didn't know about that program. And now I do, and I use it, and I recommend it if you uh, have that similar problem that I had in the past. So yeah, that's that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your thing? Uh, something I did not learn in school is how to file taxes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that was that was true, but that's I mean not, that is that's true. Not what I'm, right. That's not what I'm coming. I'm coming right. coming at that'd, you with. That would be really boring. <laughs> Well, first you have to fill out your W-2s. Um, God, I'm, you're stressing me out right now. <laughs> I'm so it's, sorry. It's like, it's, it's almost the new year, and then I got to like start sending out those, yeah, W-2s. My uh, favorite four-letter word, oh my 1099. <laughs> sorry. I get the, no, I get the joke because they're numbers. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, no, okay, for real, real, something I did not learn in school is comparing yourself to other people is literally never a good idea. It is never productive to compare yourself to other people, whether it's an, an icon of yours that is doing really cool stuff um, or one of your peers maybe who is within within your sphere of influence but might be, conventionally speaking, more successful than what you're doing you know, wherever you're at right now, that is looking at it and being like, "Oh, I am inferior to this. This person is doing this, and I am not. They have more than I have, and which is less." That's literally never productive at all. And so, 
something that I've kind of had to learn outside of school is seeing those situations coming at me from over the horizon. And instead of looking at it as, oh, I need to be more because they are more and flipping it to be more of a, wow, that's really inspiring. And I'm really glad that this person is in my life so that I can absorb influence and shine it through my own little prism of light and um, have that kind of fuel my fire going forward. So there's learning to look at those. Uh, what's the word? Kind of looking at them as opportunities to right. better yourself. Yeah. Looking at them as, as influence and influence mm, is such right. a dirty word nowadays, but looking, looking at that as inspirational and being able to absorb inspiration from those situations rather than the flip side of that coin which is getting down on yourself because from your perception you that's you know that's you are not that but you but you but you can't but you can't be that because you're you and you should focus on being you right you can only be the best version of yourself yeah exactly no i like i like that i like that but you as an artist are simply the product of your own unique set of inspirations. This is true. Just like how they say, like, you are the sum of the five people you're closest to at any given time. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started hanging out with, like, Will and Ben, Ben Bursell and Willie Crooks, I was, like, all of a sudden my personality changed a little bit because I was spending more time with them. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was a good thing. or <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I love you. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a potent power couple right there. <laughs> yeah. True. Truly, truly is. And now I'm happy that they've both been on the show so people can kind of get where we're coming from with that. But yeah, I really like that perspective. And it's interesting because it's not, it's not that far-fetched of a way of thinking, but I never really thought of it that way. Kind of just seeing it as mm-hmm. an opportunity to like, be gra- be grateful and show gratitude. I know that's something I've heard a lot. I don't I'm sure you probably have too like people are like, "Do you show gratitude? Is that something you practice?" Just kind of like practicing mindfulness. Do you practice gratitude where you're actively mm-hmm. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And in this situation, it's yeah, I see what you're saying, being grateful for people being in your life or in your reality to kind of show you that what is capable of being done or or what, you know, is capable of something that you can strive to get towards kind of like setting bars and stuff like that, which is something. Yeah. Damn dude. All of these, like it's all cyclical, man. All of these like talking points have been talked about in past episodes. It all links together. It's crazy. This is this life. It's, it's crazy. For the listener, Mike is putting up these crazy drawings and graphics on his wall, (laughs) like a beautiful mind. Yeah. It's all, uh, it all makes sense. I got to get some more tape. (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't go. I tried to act as if I had gotten far away from my mic. I could only go about um, two feet because my headphones are, the, the cord is short. It's a pretty long oh, cord, sure. but it's wrapped up right now. Yeah. That was, yeah. Just in case the listeners were curious on my setup, setup video coming soon. <clears throat> so I think that's a nice place to end it yet again on a existential philosophical note. That's kind of the vibe we strive for at the Show and Tell podcast. Slightly sarcastic as well. That's one of the, the vibes. But, um, but, but but overall, just positive. Positive energy. Chill vibes. Good vibes yeah, only. Good vibes only. So as we wrap up the show, this is the time where I get to ask you, Camden, what would you like to plug? Where can people find you? So on and so forth. You can find all of my music projects at SHHH. That's an S and three H's makes music. That's my handle on everything as far as music goes. If you are interested in working with me or uh, are curious about any of my like sound design work outside of music and sound engineering and stuff like that, I have a brand new shiny Instagram page called Sounds Like Camden. That's pretty cool. Um, and you can. Also, feel free to email me at camdenstacy with an EY at gmail.com. It should be spelled on the title of this podcast. The EY thing at the end of my last name fucks some people up too. So Yeah, I got um, you. I got you. It is with, it is <laughs> with an EY. If you are in the Chicago area, um, we are throwing events with Reset all the time. Our handles on Instagram and Twitter are at Reset underscore presents. 
Dope. And yeah, and I will link all of that in the show notes, which are at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. The foray compilation will be linked there as well if you want to listen to the, the miniature mix. And then if you feel so inclined to purchase and donate to Amazon Watch, that would be dope as Hell well. Hell yes. If you are interested in getting the album, um, the way we retain the most money that ultimately gets to Amazon Watch is if you buy the album on Bandcamp. Bandcamp lets us keep the most most of the money. At the time we're recording this, we're working on getting it on all streaming platforms, but by the time this podcast airs, it should be out on all streaming platforms, and I'll make sure you get those links as well. So, cool. Yeah, so again, that'll be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. If you want to get in touch with us or see what we're doing on social media and all that other fun stuff, it's at let's show and tell on all platforms as well. Consistency. If you want to listen to some Spotify playlists, some dope music, we've got eight of them curated by myself and others as well. The, the main one is actually now known as Sharing is Caring playlist. That one is curated by myself and some other friends. Might have Cam hop in one week and curate some some tracks. You look like you need to say something. Good. F- I just wanted to say those are good fucking playlists. I Thank listen you. to them all the time and I would love to curate one. Thank you. Sometime. We'll make that happen. Absolutely. If you want to give a review on iTunes, or, well, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. If you want to give a review on Apple Podcasts, a rating, if it's nice, be nice to me. That would be dope as well. And especially, the most important thing, if you like this episode, share it with a friend because sharing is caring. Once again, Camden, thank you for joining me on the show. My pleasure, my boy. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.